Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Called to live, commanded to love, commissioned to serve, and if you can't remember all of that, what do we do? We live, love, and serve. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so if you have with you your Bibles or your Bible apps, amen, we're going to be looking at two scriptures on this morning. Amen. The first can be found in Philippians, the fourth chapter and the eighth verse. And I'm reading the New Living Translation. The second is found in Matthew, the ninth chapter, the 20th through the 22nd verses. So let's start with Philippians 4 and 8. Y'all got it? Amen. Amen. And it reads, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. All right, let's go to Matthew, the ninth chapter, verses 20 through 22. And it reads, just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Let's pray. God, we bless your name. We thank you and we love you. We are so very grateful for what you are doing in this moment. So God, we pray that you would help us be present for the work that you are doing in this moment. Our ears are open, our hearts are open, our minds are open, our souls are open to you, oh God, that you might do what you need to do in us in this moment. God, I pray that you would stand tall in me, that your children might hear you more than they see me. 
and we will give you honor and we will give you praise for you are worthy of it all. And we lift this prayer in your mighty name for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And we say together, amen, amen, amen. If you remain seat standing, Mo, if you could get the mic because I'm getting some feedback here. I think it's on the desk. I want to read those scriptures again. Philippians 4, 8, Matthew 9, 20 through 22. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think, somebody say think, about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then in Matthew, just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe for she thought, somebody say thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to stop the bleeding. It's time to stop the bleeding. When the Lord brought me back to this text, this woman with this issue of blood, I said to God, well, I preached that before. But what I got was not this way. And I was reminded of how in 2009, I had a bump on my eye, my eyelid, and it wouldn't go away. So I went to an optometrist to find out what was going on with my eye. So he did a full examination. He felt the bump, um, and he said, it's a tumor. <gasps> um, and we need to biopsy it to see if it is malignant. I said, okay, um, when are we going to schedule the biopsy? Oh, you got to call my office and they'll do that. So I feel like the biopsy was maybe about three weeks later. And so the pain of hearing that I had a tumor on my eye was bad enough. That, that was some real pain. It, it, it hurt my eye, but it hurt my heart. I was absolutely devastated to know that I had a tumor on my eye. Uh, and so when I went home, I started Googling. You know, that's what we do now. Tumor on the eye. Y'all, some of the scariest stuff I had ever seen came up. I, I was convinced I had cancer. I had convinced myself I was going to lose my eye. I was looking at eye patches. I'm reading. I'm telling y'all, seriously. I was like, Lord, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do life with one eye. I can do that. I mean, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to. But, but, but the suffering, somebody say suffering. The suffering that I caused myself during those weeks was worse than the initial pain of the doctor telling me that I had a tumor. Do I have any witnesses here? And, and so what I came to realize, right, is pain is inevitable. 
right? Pain is going to hit us all. There are things in life that we have absolutely no control over that will cause us pain. But sometimes suffering is optional. The pain is inevitable. We're all going to get hurt by something at some point, whether it be physical, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. But the suffering that we put on top of the pain is not always necessary. Sometimes that's optional. Suffering is how we respond to the pain, right? Uh, and how we respond to the pain is going to determine the level of suffering we experience. Uh, so suffering really is our unhelpful interpretation of the pain. It's the tension we create around the pain. There is a difference between pain and suffering, right? So, so pain might be the death that you experience. Maybe you lost your mother, your father, someone you, you love. That's, that's pain. That's painful. But the suffering um, is the endless mourning. Uh, because we don't have a healthy understanding about death. Uh, it's the anger we feel towards God because we feel like God owes us something. And why did this happen to my mother, my father, my cousin, my husband, my wife, my, my child? And so, so the pain of the death is bad enough. But then when we rehearse in our minds all of the things that we can no longer do anything about, that is an extension of the pain. And that's what causes us the suffering. We, we all together? If you're walking and you trip and you break your leg, the broken leg is the pain. That's real. There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, but when we're constantly complaining incessantly about our inability to walk, that is the suffering on top of the pain. When we're constantly thinking about all the things that we want to do, but we can't do, that extends our pain into suffering. Are, we, are, we, are you with me? The pain is the breakup itself. He don't want you no more. She don't want to be in a relationship no more. That's hard. That's the pain. But the suffering comes when we begin blaming ourselves for the things that we did wrong instead of looking at the totality of the relationship. And so we cause ourselves to suffer by thinking what we could have done differently, what we should have done differently. How, how can he leave me? Why, why she don't love me no more? What, what did I do wrong? And, and we cause ourselves suffering on top of the pain. The pain is the lost job. My God, they let me go. I'm devastated. I'm hurt. It's painful. But the suffering is internalizing that you weren't good enough to do the job in the first place. Are y'all with me this morning? That the pain is the betrayal of the friend. Because when a friend betrays you, whoo, that's a pain that hurts. But, but the suffering comes when we begin to rehearse over and over why we didn't recognize the signs because at that point, there's nothing you can do to reverse the pain. And so when we cause ourselves additional suffering, when there's nothing we can do to rehearse the pain, then we are responsible for the suffering that we're enduring. We all together? See, see pain can teach us a hard lesson. But suffering is when we rehearse that lesson over and over and over and over again. 
Some of us are rehearsing pain from 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We still upset that daddy left when we were seven. Still, I'm trying to help somebody this morning, still rehearsing it over and over and over and over. And so most suffering, not all suffering, but most of our suffering happens in our minds. When we're constantly rehearsing what happened, what we could have done differently, how we should have reacted differently, how we're not going to let that happen anymore, how we're still mad at the person that did it to us, or we're still mad at ourselves for allowing it it to happen. Uh, But the reality is, while we cannot control the thoughts that come into our minds, we can control how long we think about them. So when that thought comes that wants us to think about it all day, we can shut that thought off and say, okay, yeah, I see you stopped by today, but we're not going to spend all day rehearsing this again because I've spent too much time already going over it again and again and again in my mind. So I'm going to think about something different. Uh, In Buddhism, uh, they recognize it as the difference between the first dart and the second dart. Uh, They believe that uh, pain is unavoidable, but we don't have to make the pain worse by leading ourselves into suffering by throwing a second dart at ourselves that often hurts more than the first thought that got thrown at us. Second thoughts, our opinions, our judgments, our reactions to the first thought. Uh, We throw these darts at ourselves by holding grudges, judging ourselves, justifying ourselves. I'm talking about second darts, dwelling on the past, rehearsing it over and over in our minds. Second darts, being consumed with guilt even after you've learned the lesson. Second darts, Beating yourself up over and over again when it's not helpful because you can't go back and change the past. Second darts. Worrying about things that you have absolutely no control over. Second darts. Mentally rehashing conversations. Man, I would have said this and I should have said that. And next time, and I know, ooh, I didn't think about saying. And it's the conversation been over for weeks. And you're still thinking about what you should have, would have, could have said. Second darts. And the reality is that many of us are bleeding mentally, bleeding emotionally, bleeding psychologically. Bleeding even spiritually because not of the first dart, but because of the second dart that we have thrown at ourselves. But God wants us to know today that there is a way to stop the bleeding. We don't have to continue doing the same thing we've done over and over, expecting a different result. We can choose to do something different today. It's time to stop the bleeding. 
And how do we stop the bleeding? Well, we've got to start thinking about what we're thinking about. It's called metacognition. That's a fancy word. Look at your neighbor and say, I think metacognitively. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm a metacognitive thinker. Y'all so educated. Y'all so educated. But we have to begin to think about what we're thinking about. Because what we know is 80% of the thoughts that we have, particularly about ourselves, are negative. I read a a poem one time. It said, uh, your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are the seeds. You can go grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Not weed. I see what y'all mind is. Y'all are something else. What are you growing in your mind this morning? Are you growing flowers or are you growing weeds? Paul reminds us, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He wrote this to help us understand the power of our minds. And it makes sense that Paul would write this because Paul had a lot of things that he could have been thinking about that he had done in his past. He was a persecutor of those who followed the way. He was so... uh, Uh, upset and angry about these people who were following the way, these Jesus followers, that he went and got special papers from the rulers to persecute these individuals to the extent that when Stephen was stoned because he believed in Jesus and the work Jesus had done and, and really gave a speech connecting Jesus to God and all the work that God had been doing, the people got so angry that they stoned him. But before they stoned him, they left their coats with Paul. So Paul held the coats of those who held the stones, who stones. Paul had a lot of things that he had done in his life, that I'm sure as those things kept coming into his mind to tell him what he had done before he began to be a follower of Jesus, he needed to be able to shift from those things that had happened to the work that he was doing right then. So he had to have a mind shift. And I imagine that as he was shifting his mind, he wanted those who would be reading this letter to understand that you can shift your mind. You don't have to think about the things that come into your mind. You can shift and think about things that are lovely and things that are true and things that are honorable and things that are right. You don't have to stay stuck in that negative thought. I was talking to my therapist. about a situation and she said to me I wonder if your thinking might be a little distorted what you mean is my thinking just my thinking ain't distorted I've been thinking all my life as a matter of fact I've been thinking I've been speaking I've been preaching no my thinking ain't distorted 
So she sent me an article. Uh, the article was by Adam Sikinski, who has done a lot of work on mind mapping, connecting our thoughts. And, and he defines second darts as cognitive distortion or thinking errors, right? Uh, and so what he posits is that our pain um, times our cognitive distortion leads to suffering. So the more our thinking um, is distorted, the more errors we have in our thinking, the more suffering we will have. Now, I didn't appreciate her saying that my thinking was distorted, but I wonder if some of y'all in here might also have some thinking that's distorted. I wonder if I might not be by myself, because if we know what the challenge is, then we can shift our behavior and shift our thinking so that even though our thinking might be distorted today, it does not have to continue to be distorted. I see some of y'all clapping. I see some of y'all sitting. My thinking ain't distorted. Okay. Do you ever participate and mental filtering. Somebody say that, mental filtering. That is when you focus on only the negative and you can't see the positive. It's like you're filtering out the negative thing and that's all you're focusing all your attention on. You're thinking about what's not working instead of thinking about what is working. I'm talking about mental filtering. Only focused on what you've lost instead of looking at what you have left. Mental, anybody participate in some mental? Because that's a cognitive distortion. Uh, it's the way we perceive our reality that makes us focus on a partial interpretation only the negative instead of looking at the full picture. We all together. Tell your neighbor, don't do that no more. Mental filtering. Uh, another cognitive distortion, jumping to conclusions. Ever jump to a conclusion based on what you were thinking and not based on the facts? Uh, when we jump to conclusion, we're making irrational assumptions about people and circumstances that we have no fact to know that it is true. We, we're just making stuff up, y'all. We, we jump into all sorts of conclusions. You, know, you know how we jump to conclusions? When we try to read people's minds. Oh, I know why she did that. I know what he was thinking. I know exactly what was going on. No, you don't. You don't. And so when you attempt to read someone's mind and that causes you to jump to conclusions, it's called a cognitive distortion. Anybody jump to conclusions? And All right, I, li I like it because we're going to be honest today. The only way we can do better is if we shift what we're doing. All right, we got mental filtering. We got jumping to conclusions. Uh, the next one is uh, a little more tricky. It's called personalization. That's when you make everything about you. We, we know those people. Some of us are those people. We think whatever happened in our life is all about us. 
We think they did that to us because of us, when in actuality, they may have done that because of whatever was going on with them. It may have nothing to do with you. But when we personalize it and make everything about us, it's called a cognitive distortion. Now, you may have played a part, but it may not be all about you. You may not be completely responsible. Anybody personalize? Pastor used to tell us all the time, depersonalize. This is not about you. This is about God and the work that God is calling us to do in this place. Tell your neighbor, depersonalize. I haven't hit you yet. I haven't hit you. I just got a couple more I'm going to share. Come, hopefully I'm coming down your street. Black and white thinking. It's either good or bad. It's either right or wrong. It's either all or none. No, it's not. There's gray. There are other colors in the rainbow. It doesn't have to be either or. Sometimes it can be both and. And this is one that Christians do really well because we just see it very one way instead of understanding that there are many ways to get to the same place. And it doesn't have to be your way to be the right way. There can be your way and another way and another way. And so we've got to forgive ourselves for this black and white thinking. It is a cognitive distortion. I like the way y'all think. I'm just going to, a couple more. I'm just going to, um, catastrophizing. Everything that happens is an emergency. Blowing circumstances completely out of proportion. Making problems larger than life, which then makes them difficult to overcome. And so you think you can't overcome it because you've made it so big when in actuality it was never that big. You made it that big in your It's the end of the world. No, it's not. How many times have you thought it was the end of the world? It felt like it was the end of the world, but it was not. Anybody catastrophize? We, 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 we also overgeneralize. Example of that, she always do that. He always do that. No, they don't. It just feels like it because the pain of this moment is so bad. It feels like that has happened a hundred times before. But the reality is not necessarily using broad generalizations. I'm about to help y'all. You think Peter going to do it because Paul did it. You think Sheila going to did it because Lisa did it. When in actuality, Sheila don't even know Lisa but you're still carrying Lisa in your mind and projecting Lisa on Sheila, projecting Peter on Paul and wonder why Paul's so confused because he don't know the history that you have with Peter. And so when we overgeneralize, we place other people's behaviors onto people who have not even exhibited those kinds of behaviors. We're, we're jumping to conclusions and expecting a worst case scenario instead of believing God for a best case scenario. Anybody overgeneralize? 
All right, I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to wrap up. One, one more. Um, I call this the shoulds. Woo. How much time do we spend on the sh- I should have. I should have never did that. I should have. I wish I could have. Uh, it, it's setting unrealistic expectations for yourselves and for others. The reality is what happened, happened, and there's nothing you can do. You can't go back last week and change what happened and what you could have done and what you should have done and what you didn't do, but instead lean forward to what is happening right now. It's called a cognitive distortion. When we mentally beat ourselves up, suffering and bleeding, but not only are we bleeding internally, but we began then to bleed on the people that love us the most because it's an overflow that comes out of us and begins to affect our relationships, the people that we love. We have got to stop the bleeding. How do we stop the bleeding? Paul said it, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Shift your thoughts. Because the reality is, yes, we can accept the pain of the first dart. That is painful. That hurts. Pain is the price of living. It is inevitable. And trust that you can handle any pain that comes your way. Because when it comes to getting over a painful situation, you have a 100% success rate because you're still here. It didn't kill you. It didn't stop you. It didn't stop what God has started in you. You are still here and you're stronger for it and you're wiser for it and you're better for it and you learn some things along the way and you've learned from the mistakes you've made. Stop beating yourself up. Accept the pain of the first dart, but try not to inflict another dart. Shift your thinking. Stop the bleeding. That's what this woman did in this text. Ah, it says just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Somebody say constant. Some of us can relate to her. We may not be bleeding physically, but emotionally bleeding, mentally bleeding, psychologically bleeding. Ah, And she touched the fringe of his robe for she thought, she thought it started in her mind. If I just touch his robe, I will be healed. We have to recognize that our action don't come from nowhere. It's not ex nihilo but they come from the thoughts that start in our mind and the things that we think we inevitably speak, we inevitably do. We make decisions based on our thinking. And if our thinking is distorted, then our decisions are distorted, which makes us understand why we keep having the same problems over and over and over again, going around the same mountain over and over and over again, because we have not shifted our thoughts. Your thinking is influencing your doing. So I just wanted to come by today to tell you to be like this woman. Shift your thoughts. 
trying something new. I don't know what her thoughts were for those 12 years, but I imagine there was some beating up. I imagine there was some judging of herself. I imagine uh, that, that she went through the mental exercises of imagining a life without bleeding and finally decided that she was going to do something different. She had spent all she had on the doctors and got no better, but only got worse. So she continued to bleed, but she believed in her mind that the bleeding could stop. And so she did something different. Can we do something different today? Uh, can we try looking for the good in the situation? instead of always focusing on the bad? Uh, can we try looking and leaning for a best case scenario instead of expecting a worst case scenario? Can we try not to jump to conclusions uh, and not make up a story? I got a friend and I would go and say, this happened and I would go on and on and on. She says, so you made that whole thing up. So you made up that whole story. We make up these stories in our mind and we convince ourselves that they are true when in actuality it's only causing us to suffer because it's not true. We made it up in our minds. We've got to depersonalize. Stop thinking everything is about us. Sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes when they say it's not you, it's me, it really is them because they haven't done the healing work that they needed to do for themselves. And so sometimes it really is them. And so we've got to stop beating ourselves up for other people's um, disappointments and the way that they've disappointed us. Some of us just got to calm down. Just, just take it down a notch. You might say, just take, can you take it down? You scream into the top of your lungs because you missed the bus. It's another bus coming. You might be late, but you can still get there. It's not the end of the world. We don't have to go from zero to 100 real quick. Can you bring it back down to 75? Can we get down to 50? Can we get down to 25? I'm trying to help somebody. I know that person that's in front of you taking their stuff out the grocery in the line in the grocery store, taking their stuff out one orange at a time. You are stressed out. Can she just take out all the, what's she doing? Look, she should have looked at her. There's nothing you can do about it. Let the woman take out her oranges one at a time and relax. Send a text message to somebody. Tell somebody you love them. You appreciate them. You miss them. You can't wait to see them. Some things we have no control over. Why do we stress about things we have no control over? Be gentle with yourself. Give yourself a break. Stop beating yourself up. I do, I, I do a great job of beating myself up, y'all. I'm telling you right now, I can beat myself up so good, it made me turn around sometime. I, I just, be gentle with yourself. Forgive yourself. You are human. Nobody is calling you to be perfect and nobody expects you to be perfect. And especially God does not expect you to be perfect. That's why we get grace and that's why we get mercy and that's why God gives us love and that's why we get joy and that's why we get peace because God knows we need these things to survive. So let's take the gifts of God, wrap them up and store them in our minds. 
so that when those negative thoughts come, we have something to counter it with. Listen, ultimately, you have to ask yourself, is this thought helping me or is it hurting me? How many more times are you going to cry over that same situation? God's trying to take you somewhere else. And you can't move forward because you stuck in the past. When God's got something better waiting for you. If you can just release what you think you need to hold on to. And, and I know what it is. Sometimes if we let it go, then what we going to be mad at? Because some of us just want to be mad. And if we let that go, then we don't have anything to be angry about. How about try joy instead of anger? How about try peace instead of disappointment? How about give up those emotions that you have been carrying for far too long? Yes, you're going to be disappointed. Yes, you might get angry. Yes, you might get upset. Yes, yes, yes. But you don't have to stay angry. You don't have to stay upset. You don't have to stay disappointed. Renew your mind. I was at a friend of mine's house um, a couple of weeks ago. When I got there, her and her son had been working on a puzzle. And so I was sitting there. We were talking, drinking some water. <laughs> you know, in conversation. And I started put, putting some puzzle pieces together. And I had this one piece in my hand, and I was trying to find out where the piece went. And it didn't fit anywhere. I don't know why I was so fascinated by that one piece, but I spent, I know, at least five, maybe ten minutes just trying all the different places. And then I realized this piece doesn't fit right now based on the amount of the puzzle that's been put together so far. I'm trying to help somebody. And I realized I needed to move on to another piece. But I was so stuck on the one piece that I held on to the one piece in my hand while I was picking up the other pieces trying to put them together. And I lost time and energy with that one. Some of us are losing time and energy because we're focused on the one piece. Put it down. It's going to be okay. And when you get some other pieces in place, you will understand how that piece fits in. Some pieces won't fit until you get some other pieces in place. And so think about that puzzle piece that you've been holding on to for so long, missing out on all the opportunity to get the other pieces in place. Put the piece down. Stop the bleeding and allow yourself to live the best life that God has called you to. Are you hearing me today? Don't get stuck and lose five years 
worrying about One Piece. 10 years looking at One Piece, 20 years focused on One Piece. And then if you like me, then you say, man, I'm going to beat myself up because I done lost five years on the One Piece. No, you don't have to beat yourself up either. Just put it down. Go to the next piece. Shift your mind. Shift your thought. You have the capacity to stop the bleeding. Amen? Amen? Come on, stand up all over the building. We have to deal with our own cognitive distortions. And when we know better, we can do better. I just want to do a prayer today for the people who have been rehearsing the same things over and over and over in their minds. Come on, why don't you come down? We're going to pray for a shift in our thinking today. You, You still thinking about stuff you can't do nothing about, but you still thinking about it every day, still thinking about it every week still thinking about it every month, still going back and rehearsing the pain over and over and over again, and then throwing the second darts on top of the pain. Cognitive distortion. You don't have to live like that. You can think about something else. As a matter of fact, I would suggest that you get two or three good thoughts and good memories. Just put them in your back pocket. So when crazy comes in your mind, you can pull out another thought. to Because th- when you say, I'm not going to think about it, I'm not going to, that don't work. The more you say that, the more you're going to think about it. But if you have a new thought to replace the old thought, when you think about how good God has been to you, when you think about how much God has brought you through, when you think about where you were back then when that happened and where you are today, You can stop the bleeding. Ah, you can stop the bleeding. It's all in your mind. It's in your mind. It's in your mind. But we can shift that today. Hallelujah. God, we bless your name. Oh, God, we bless your name. We thank you and we love you and we're grateful. Grateful for this time. Grateful for this day. Grateful for this word. Grateful for this help. This support. Grateful to know that we don't have to keep thinking about the same thing over and over and over again, but we can shift our thoughts to things that are good, to things that are lovely, to things that are pure, to things that are helpful. We can shift our thoughts to the testimony that we have, the things we've gotten over, the things we've gone through, the things we've gotten past. We can shift our mind to the things that are working well and the things that are going right and the things that we have left. We can shift our thoughts, oh God. So deliver us today, oh God, from our thoughts. From thinking thoughts that hurt us more than the pain itself. Help us, God, to release the anger and the guilt and the disappointment and the frustration that we've been carrying so long that it feels like it's who we are. But but we are wiser and we are smarter and we are better and we are not stuck in that place. And so, God, we declare ourselves free today, free from distorted thinking, God.
God, free from cognitive distortions that we can use our metacognitive brain to think about what we're thinking about and shift. Thank you, God, for the shift. And yes, we've tried and yes, it's been hard, but God, we're going to try again. We're going to believe you again. We're going to trust you again. We're going to know, oh God, that through you all things are possible. We're going to remind ourselves that we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We're going to tell ourselves that we are the head and not the tail. That we are above and not beneath. That we are a lender and not the borrower. We're going to remind ourselves that we are good enough. And that we have everything we need to do what you've called us to do. Thank you, God for not giving up on us when we were trapped in our distorted thinking. Thank you for another chance. Thank you for another chance. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.